Welcome everybody to Talking Elite with the Elite Zone podcast. And tonight is part three, the finale on Dead Man Walking. The night the Undertaker lost his streak to the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. So it's going to be a very um, opinion-driven episode this week. Uh, we we talked career facts last week, uh, last two weeks with both of our, um, both of the most probably most popular, I guess, big man you could say in the sport besides Andre the Giant. Two of the most probably, I guess, drawing of any wrestler that ever is or ever was. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk tonight's episode. So let me introduce you guys, if you guys are just joining us, let me introduce you guys to our amazing panel tonight. Uh, we have the smoothest guy on our podcast. <laughs> he is the most professional podcaster. Please welcome Zach to the show down below. What's up, Zach? Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, so grateful to be here with you all. Thank you again for the kind words. Um, I am rather smooth. My aerodynamics are elite. And uh, let's go. Let's let's talk about the streak ending. 21 and 1, baby. Oh, man. I'm so excited for this one. And then next, we have from Tennessee. Because, you know, last night, Adam was the only 10 that one of the listeners saw last night. We have Adam. Adam, thanks for joining the show. <laughs> Hey, yeah, no, back again, I guess. I don't, I don't know what it is. Might be my animal magnetism. I have no idea. You're a pumpkin pie. <laughs> so, yeah, so, that, yeah, so thank you, Adam, for coming on. Uh, it's so great to have you again for Talking Elite. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, brother. And then finally, we have the ringleader of the full circus, he is our producer. He is half of our graphics team. He is our booker. He is the best wrestling fantasy booking mind on the AZ podcast. Please welcome Connor to the show. It's uh, great to be on. Uh, great to see everybody. Hope it should be a fun episode tonight. So thank you guys, uh, of course, also to all the listeners that keep coming back every week. Um, also, for you guys that are new, make sure you guys like and subscribe down below hit the bell for notifications um because we do have some big shows coming up in the near future as well from interviews to some great podcasts and of course we also do our live watch alongs where we watch dynamite collision uh with you guys as well so make sure you guys check us out you know we're fun podcasts so tonight's episode is gonna of course be on undertaker losing the streak to wrestlemania to brock lesnar so this if you guys remember from our last week's episode Undertaker was the one that initiated the feud. He's the one that attacked Brock Lesnar, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And yeah. the race was on for WrestleMania 30. Um, what did you guys think of the buildup? Did you guys like the buildup? Did you guys have a lot of suspense? Like, did you think that this could be the match where Undertaker could lose? Or were you guys skeptical saying there's no way Undertaker is losing at WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I never thought he would lose. I mean... Maybe that's just the the mark in me, uh, but yeah, I I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. I uh, when the uh, going against Triple H, those uh, was twenty seven. Is it twenty? 
Towards WrestleMania data, it was John Cena and The Miz. Was that 27? Yeah, it was 27. Uh, I thought Triple H was going to beat him at that one. Uh, I really thought Triple H had it. Then the next year, they had a Hell in a Cell, which marked an era with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and all that. Um, as I said, during that time, I was not, I, I missed all of it. Uh, but, you know, going back, uh, like when I actually, because I, I didn't watch wrestling. But when I actually found out, I was like, no way he lost. Like, there's no way they're going to wrestle, like the Undertaker lose. And then, yeah, he he lost. Yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a shocker to me, too. Um, I didn't really think they would end the streak. Uh, and if they did, I thought they were going to end it to someone whose career was just jump-starting that needed it, that needed the boost. Because um, that was my thought, is that anyone who basically ended the streak was a made person in the WWE and basically would be skyrocketed, you know, to the top. So I never expected to be someone, you know, like Brock Lesnar, who was already established in the early 2000s with WWE, you know, and then he came back and, and did this. So, but I, I have some viewpoints of how it did. I know we are going to talk about it, how the aftermath of it as well. Yeah. I know um, Mike was uh, pretty shocked um, as well. I think every wrestling wrestler, wrestling fan, you know, in attendance that night watching or, you know, watching or, wa- or watching, you know, the, you know, news articles pop up. Like it's still one of the most craziest things that I think we have witnessed as a wrestling fan. I think at least modern wrestling, I would say, because of course you have like the shocking moments of, you know, Andre getting body slammed by Hulk Hogan for the first time. You know, it wasn't the first time that he got body slammed. You know, so looking at it, it's probably the most shocking moments in wrestling. And I think like the buildup, like I had a lot of suspense, but I was very skeptic of Brock Lesnar winning. I I, I really felt in my heart that it was going to be Undertaker. I I was not a huge Brock Lesnar fan. It took me like probably a good, probably until like recently, probably like last couple of years where I'm like, okay, I can understand why Brock won. Um. Because this is kind of another polarizing point, and I kind of want to hear your take on it. Do you guys think that Brock Lesnar won because he is now the next, you know, basically big competitor to beat besides Undertaker? Like, I feel like it was kind of a passing of the torch. I feel like Brock Lesnar is now, like, the new icon. Because, you know, the, the few times we get to see him in a wrestling ring a year, you know your pay-per-view buys are going to go straight up no matter if Brock Lesnar is going up against Osmosis Joe. Well, I mean, I think, I think, and this goes back to my point about how it kind of skyrocketed a certain storyline for Brock Lesnar. I think what it did was it, it kind of established him as that dominant person to where once he got like the universal title and he went on like that one year, like title reign. I mean, I don't think he would have done that without the establishment or, you know, the legitimacy without beating the streak first. Um, Because the streak actually projected him into that role of long one at the, at that point, the longest reigning universal champion, even though he showed up time to time, he was on the part-time schedule, but he showed up in, you know, defended the title uh, at certain times. Um, but I don't think you would have that reign if he didn't do this, if he didn't end the streak. You know, I, I totally agree with you on that. Cause I feel like, I feel like fans would have turned off a lot faster if he didn't beat the streak. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. that build up to, you know, that first big championship, 
you know, Rain back from, you know, the, his leave, like he, he literally came in as a dominant force. And I, to think about it, you know, even the matches he lost, he really didn't lose. His opponents got lucky they won because they feel like he destroyed he destroyed John Cena. He destroyed Triple H. Like, like they were never the same after that. Yeah, no, that's all good points. And I, I, I agree with Adam. I mean, you look at what Brock Lesnar did after that match and just the amount of, uh, of energy, if you will, that he got from The Undertaker, you know, all that, uh, uh, what The Undertaker had done through his career in, in WrestleMania. And then Brock Lesnar goes on to Suplex City, John Cena, what was it, like 16 times? And only 16. Yeah, and in that huge match with uh, with Roman Reigns the first time, and then Seth Rollins, and I think, wow, none of that would have happened without the streak being broken. And as much as it breaks my heart, it just it created so much awesome, you know, wrestling uh, content. Yeah, I think the hard part because we're talking about Brock Lesnar here for just a few moments, but looking at how, especially like the people that he did, that did beat, like the chase was always better than the faces that took the belt from him. Cause think about it. We, we had an anticipation that who is going to defeat the beast for the championship. Like I remember when Seth Rollins won the championship from him. At, um, what WrestleMania was it where, where he Brock came out, demanded he be put on first and then gets pretty much not squashed, but he, pretty, you know, he got beaten pretty, Quickly, thirty-five. Oh yeah, wrestle. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania yeah, thirty-five. Where he got, I. It's so crazy that that happened. I know he's probably. I don't know if there was politics behind that, but think about it. We were the whole stadium popped for Seth Rollins that night. The whole stadium popped for so we were, even when Seth cashed in on Roman and Brock from that first, you know, from that first one. You know, we wanted everybody wanted to see Brock win because, of course, Roman Reigns was getting booed and shoved down people's throats at the time, you know, of that, of that mania. But then to have Seth come out and, you know, he held the belt for a pretty decent time, you know, even though it was the authority line and the J and J security, but it felt like leading up to his money, the bank cash in, I feel like he had a better story going into it. And then especially with Brock, like I may not like, I didn't like at the time of him being a part-time champion. I was never a huge fan of that. But looking at it, the guys like Reigns and Rollins, ones that have actually beaten him, you know, it really did bring him up to another level. They were already big stars, but I almost feel like they brought him up to the icon level where Brock Lesnar is at. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, now, my next question, we can kind of, we'll start off with Ariana because I think she brings up a good point here. Um, but who do you think? should have beaten the streak um, before Undertaker was defeated by Brock. Um, she thinks that Shawn Michaels should have done it. Yeah, uh, to add some pretty 25 and 26, to add some pretty really, really good matches. The first match was really good, uh, 25. I think Shawn Michaels almost had it several times in both matches. And 26 was his career on the line. So it's a streak or someone's career. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Kind of. well, he was pretty good about it until until he got that that Prince money from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no one guess, was like kind of Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair. Undertaker retired uh, 
Michaels can also retire. We can we need to do a whole list of wrestlers that retired but still came back. Yeah. And kept coming back. I and mean that list, yeah, that game. list, yeah, that list will have a few a good few ones. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, only. Only like, you know, freaking Ric Flair. He like his last match. Like, he's such a carny. Like Ric Flair is such a carny. I will say like, uh, I can't believe like he wrestled Look, you know, Jeff glad. Jerry and took a guitar shot. And one way I'm glad he did come back because we got that Jay Lethal and Ric Flair skit on TNA. Yeah. That was that was really, really good. But uh who should have for me, I thought Triple H at WrestleMania twenty seven. I thought Triple H had it. So I got Triple H. I can see that. Adam. Um I you know what for me uh let me look at this real quick. In all honesty, for me, it should have been two people. One of two people. Um, one, it should have been CM Punk, um, just because they took my Punk pick. needed to, re- <laughs> yeah, he needed to reestablish himself um, at, on that level. You know, since he had that downfall of losing the title. Um, but two, and we kind of saw it in a segment on Raw, but Bray Wyatt. I thought Bray Wyatt would have been a perfect person to end the streak as kind of a patch uh, passing of the torch um, uh, to, to like the supernatural characteristics. Um, so if I had to choose between those two, it had to be Bray Wyatt. Um, I, I love what Bray Wyatt does as a creative sense of mind. Um, I love how he incorporates horror into his character and into everything he does. Like, the horror suspense to it. Um, it's something you don't see a lot in WWE much anymore. I mean, they were doing a lot of, you know, crazy stuff back in the late eighties, early nineties with kind of characters like that, like Papa Shango, you know, and the boogeyman. Um, but, you know, Undertaker had this aura about him, you know, he was the dead man. So in order to do that, you had someone like Bray Riot right there who had that whole Cape Fear kind of character of, you know, the Wyatt family kind of aura. So I honestly think it should have been Bray Wyatt. You know, um, before we get to Zach's um, picks, I really think that CM Punk should have won. Like he needed a little bit extra to go. I like if you would have, if you would have had CM Punk win, I feel like he would be bigger than John Cena. He would have, he would have been bigger than almost Hulk Hogan at that point. Imagine um, if he would have. A lot of things would have been different today. I, I, may, I, I, honestly, may, I don't think AEW would be around. He may not have left WWE at that time if he were one. A lot of things would have been differently, maybe. You know, and then looking at... Something you know, to think about. And then looking at Bray Wyatt, you know, that's another one that... Bray Wyatt literally could have had that torch passed to him, and he could have been on that... He could have been brought up to a whole nother level and probably booked more, you know, convincingly, more consistent. But Undertaker came back, you know, his first WrestleMania match after, you know, losing the streak and beat Bray. So, I don't know. I feel like those two would be been a really good pick. Um, Davis says Triple H. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That would have been, that would have been, I think that would have another one that would have made sense as well. Um, Zach, what about, yeah, or, or, yeah, Mike says Edge. What about you, Mike, or Zach? What do you think? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, Mike and Davis, yeah, those are two great picks. Edge, Triple H. Um, oh, my gosh, yeah, if CM Punk would have won, like, I can only imagine. Um, but, yeah, for me, I'd, I'd have to say probably Bastion Booger. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, no, seriously, uh, th this might get a little heat, uh, but I would have liked to see John Cena beat The Undertaker. Um, you know, you love him, you hate him, but I mean, he's probably one of the most polarizing, um, characters in WWE. Um, so just to see that, um, happen, but then again, you know, John Cena was kind of starting on, on the downhill slide and you, you want to see that passing of the torch go to someone who will then, you know, take the ball and run with it. So yeah, but yeah, John Cena, I think that would have been, that would have been cool. You know, here's another. This one, this would be like the one that would really get heat, but I'm surprised they didn't wait for Roman. But because Roman was the, the other person to defeat Undertaker at WrestleMania, I'm like, you should just have if you because you knew that Roman was going to get booed out of the building no matter what with him being the Undertaker like he did. You should then had Roman Reigns defeat the streak at that Mania. And actually, they did it. They did an interview with Undertaker, and he even said. That if it had to be someone, he he said story wise making more sense should have been Roman. He said he kind of regrets that they didn't push Roman to end the streak, you know, because you had Brock ended already. But again, it goes back to my point of Brock ending the streak, putting that one. You give Taker a couple more wins at WrestleMania, and then Roman beats him. That sets up the whole Brock and Roman thing. Yeah, like mm -hmm. you can't have that without either one of them beating Undertaker at WrestleMania. I was about to mm -hmm. say that. Like, I don't think the Brock and Roman would have happened so many times if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar winning and beating the Undertaker. Like, because yeah. uh, Roman and Brock both beat uh, Undertaker, and they would go into feuds with themselves. And how many matches have they had? <laughs> I think at least four <laughs> WrestleMania matches. Quite a bit. They've, they've made him into WrestleMania a few times. They've on SummerSlam, they've been, they've been everywhere. Uh, so yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of the things. Like, it, there was just so many matches. Like, if you're gonna say someone's gonna shove down someone's throat, unfortunately, that does not help your case when you have Roman versus Brock ten at, <laughs> at WrestleMania fifty. Because they, because how many WrestleManias they, they made invented? They did thirty one. Which kind of, but Seth Rollins uh, wasn't in in the match, but uh, the thirty, no, the Cody was this last year, right? Yeah, because has yeah, because really Reigns has really been dominant last really the few years since uh, yeah. he defeated Brock mm -hmm. and Triple H. Like I can't think of because I know up to that point he had the cash in, Victor, he had the cash in. Really, has how many times? Because I'm curious, because I'm feeling like I'm missing a match with Reigns before uh, before Reigns. before Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Was there like a Shield match at Mania? Maybe. Oh. And they were still the WrestleMania 30. Let's see. Shield. Uh, Roman. I know Roman. Uh, no Roman and Brock. They went. They went. They went against each other. Out. Many, many a times. Uh, three. Uh, three 
uh, WrestleManias. It was WrestleMania 31, 34, and then 38. Yeah. Because mm. okay, so WrestleMania 29. Oh, I forgot about this match. That was the Shield versus Sheamus, Randy Orton, and Big Show. Mm. And Reigns would win that one. So let's see. Um, and then at Wrestle, the same WrestleMania where Undertaker lost. Uh, you have the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. That's random. Where, yep. So they would basically beat him with a triple power bomb to the New Age Outlaws. Uh, his first Brock Lesnar match, uh, WrestleMania 31. Um, let's see. Yep. Where that's where Seth cashed in. 32, you had WrestleMania with Triple H. Um, and then uh, Roman Reigns versus Undertaker, of course, where he, where he won. And then another Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 34. Then Drew McIntyre at 35. Yeah. Daniel Bryan Edge at WrestleMania 37. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Uh, and then yep, WrestleMania 9, or WrestleMania 38. Um, Brock Lesnar and Ryan's again. And then, yep, all the way up to Cody Rhodes. So, never mind. I feel like he had a pretty decent run there. I know uh, Brock and Roman went against each other at uh, SummerSlam. That way he flipped the freaking ring. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, looking at it, you know, you can't tell Roman Reigns' story without Brock Lesnar. And you can't tell Brock Lesnar's story without Undertaker. Yeah. So there was this is this is the dark side of the all elite zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you guys heard the famous Paul Heyman shoot interview where he says that Brock Lesnar might have went into business for himself during that WrestleMania match inside the ropes? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the inside the ropes. Yeah, mm-hmm. for those of you guys that don't know, it's on YouTube. Paul Heyman tells a story about. Brock Lesnar going into business for himself because there was only a few people that knew the outcome for that match. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and Paul Heyman. They were the only ones that knew the results. And the question gets asked, Brock, you can't, you would not be able to tell Brock Lesnar. No. So if he went to business for himself, what, what are you going to do about it? You know, I know we're kind of pulling back the current of kayfabe here, but yeah, that, looking at it, like, could Brock Lesnar have gone into business for himself? Was Undertaker supposed to lose that match? I mean, Paul Heyman said, uh, like, if he would have purposely beat Brock Undertaker, you're not going to fire him because he just beat the Undertaker WrestleMania. Like, how can you, hmm. like, where do you go with that? You know, you just... And Brock Lesnar is, is a strong person who could take matters into his own, own hands, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Undertaker, he got injured in that match. Uh, Concussion. Got, yeah, he got injured. So maybe oh, yeah. you know, he was hurt after that match. He had a hard time getting up. Uh, but Paul Heyman's very good at making you believe certain stuff is kind of real. So uh, he just puts that thought in our heads. So That's called good business, pal. But Brock Lesnar, I could see him doing it. You know. But you also did bring up another good point, though. That was probably the first time we saw Undertaker be vulnerable 
and be more yeah. human than than phenom to watch him barely be able to watch the back and have to go to the hospital like dude vince mcmahon does not leave wrestlemania for anything but he left for undertaker he went with him to the hospital maybe brock did do it you never know i mean who knows i look at it i look at it too from like a merchandise standpoint too because then you wouldn't have those brock lesnar shirts that says eat sleep conquer the streak yeah like that i mean that on a merchandise sale that's i i mean that's the only thing i mean and you needed more merchandise and that's why i feel like even though the interview paul Heyman said that brock went in for business for himself i still don't i don't know i don't know that's why he said it's kind of like it's kind of yeah it's kind of like blurring the lines with the uh, that comparing it to the Montreal screw job. Um, mm, yeah. because you know, before if you've ever seen any stories behind the Montreal screw job, especially um the one of the Bret Hart documentaries, you know, it follows him leading up to that event. And um he sat down with Vince and the original plan for that was uh there was gonna be a no do uh no DQ finish. Uh there's gonna be a DQ finish, be a draw to where uh Brett kept the title. Um but behind closed doors, uh, Vince, Sean, and Earl Hebner changed the outcome of that match behind closed doors. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like that shoot interview with Paul saying Brock went in for himself and maybe he wasn't supposed to break the streak, but he did. You know, so you know, you never know who's telling the truth and where 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 the lie is. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Heyman's very good about see that's one thing with Paul Heyman he's still very convincing about what's truth and what's fiction. Yep. If anyone's uh, he, he's a very uh, he's put put together a lot of great stuff in uh, ECW. He he's one of yeah. the uh, he's a very good uh, storyteller. Mm-hmm. He didn't spend time. I believe it was him. That he's not a writer, he's a storyteller. Storyteller, or maybe that's someone else. But that uh, was him. But Paul, but Paul Heyman, he uh, he's able to convince you of anything. Like he could convince us that Instant Man isn't actual Instant Man, and especially Canadian Man all. He's <laughs> uh, just a figment uh, of our imagination. Instant Man's real name <laughs> is uh, Vicky um, Vicky Starks, and he's uh, he's a uh, a banker from uh, New York. That plays a character on TV, and that everything, oh. every scandal he's done, was all for the business. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I agree. Like the best, uh, the best professional wrestling is whenever we the fans can't really tell: is it a work? Is it a shoot? And like, like yeah, and and Paul Heyman is the the master at that, and. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to say that it, it, it was a work, Brock winning that match. Because um, I, I just can't, as much as Brock is who he is, I can't see him disrespecting The Undertaker like that. But yeah, who but, knows? But I think it's more just entertaining when Paul Heyman said it. Mm-hmm. He is trying to convert, create controversy. Controversy mm-hmm. equals cash. But if Brock Lesnar wanted to, he could. Brock Lesnar is only a UFC champion. Yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Zach. I don't. I don't feel like well, Brock Lesnar has disrespected people before, but I don't know if he go that far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not for the Undertaker. 
for Dean Ambrose, yeah. Not for Undertaker. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that's I just rewatched that today. The little shoot Paul Heyman had on saying Dean Ambrose was just a punk about everything and kind of just was basically went into work with it, work for himself and was not excited about that match with Brock Lesnar. Well, if you were trying to get, you know, because at the time, wasn't he because he had just lost the belt, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Seth Rollins was the champ at the time. Was this before? Yeah, because was this? Yeah, because this was before. Was this before Money in the Bank when he cashed? Before he got the, the the huge cash in. So because yeah, yeah. thirty two. Was my thirty two was Brock and Ambrose. Well, the thing is, Moxley, Dean Ambrose, Jonathan Good, what do you want to call him this week. He is not a dumb guy. He, you know, for bleeding like he does, he actually is a very <laughs> smart guy. Think about it. He was. I think. I think. I would be upset too if I was in his shoes. Where okay, I get to work with Brock Lesnar. We're gonna make it a great match. He's he's still gonna win, but I'll come out looking like a strong and almost like I was in an independent scene, almost in a way. And then of course, you know, Brock has to go get tested for UFC and is trying to train for that. It's so like no, we are going to uh, we're just we're gonna have you squash Ambrose. I mean, he so, can yeah. squash anybody he wants. Well. There's a few names that took him to his limits, like Rob Undertaker. But yeah. uh, we could do a whole podcast on Brock Lesnar's like took him to the limits with <laughs> certain wrestlers. But, but I, I want to see it one more time. I want like to see John Moxley and Brock Lesnar because Dean Ambrose and John Moxley are two di- two different people. Yeah, they're they're not the same. They're the same Mox, person, yeah, but not but actual same. like where Mox could be Moxley. Yeah, like that's like right. Ambrose is the watered down version of Brock of. John Moxley, he's the watered down version. Mm-hmm. And then John Moxley's has turned the switch a little bit, a little bit too far with stuff. Yeah. TV fourteen. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll to be honest with you, I, so. I'm okay with like I'm okay. The thing is, I think Ambrose, yeah, it sucks, but he wasn't unprofessional or anything. He was My just favorite? upset with working mm-hmm. with him. My so I think night. Paul Heyman's just mad that he's that. He's no longer part of WWE, and he and a lot of things that Moxley said about WB and being frustrated that probably rubbed salt in Paul Heyman's wounds the wrong way. Oh, CM Punk did it mm. like that. That's one of the similarities that CM Punk and Moxley have. You know, like a lot of the stuff they said is the exact same. Like of uh, like it's a chore to go to work, basically. Which mm. is funny because I'm surprised more people like aren't jumping on the AEW bandwagon because like. You know of how many people have see everybody gets mad at some of the AEW stars that lose their contracts, right? But dude, AEW didn't let anybody go during the pandemic. They waited until the reset until everything kind of came back in the fruition, right? You let go 50 people and also report one of the biggest, you know, years to your stakeholders ever you've ever made. I was more than 50, it was probably over hundred people. Yeah, it was well over hundred. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. They released it. They didn't even announce uh, referee. They did a lot. Yeah, they did referee. They did a lot of NXT UK people too. Like their all their other brands too. Did they cancel NXT, the whole NXT, NXT U- UK? Yeah, yeah NXT UK is yeah. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and and to go along with what you're saying, um, Lane is is also the difference between that is if a contract ends with AEW, they can go. They they don't have any any hold on them that they can't do another promotion. That's the thing with a, a WWE. They have that ninety day no compete clause. 
Vince McMahon. I mean, that's why most, I mean, that's why the people mm. the people don't understand is these contracts like in WWE, those people can't work for 90 days. That hurts their livelihood. We're in AEW. If your contract's up, like we talk about Brian Pillman Jr. leaving, but I hope he goes somewhere where he's happy and he's making money. You know, yeah. so and if that's the WWE, by God, man, make sure you read the you know the the, the contract yeah. thoroughly, man. Don't you know yeah. like the they need to change that yeah. because as soon as as soon as your contract ends with AEW, you can go WWE. You can't do anything for ninety days. Well, Roy brings up a good point. I forgot. Oh, I, I figured I forgot about Havoc, but Havoc's kind of a black mark, unfortunately, on the company a little bit though. Uh, but I don't remember Gibbs or Sandy Gibbs. Yeah. And then she who was, was the other one? Uh, B. Priestley. Well, now she's in WWE. As, uh, I don't know where his name is. Uh, but I she, don't remember. I do apologize. I don't going, remember him. She's going out with uh, Will Ospreay. Or is. Oh, gotcha. Ospreay. But wasn't Gibbs. And, were, were those two just. Were they not contracted or were they contracted? Do you remember? Yeah, they were. Uh, B. Priestley was one of the first ones signed, actually. Uh, before the mm-hmm. pandemic, she was. Uh, it, it looked like she was going to be the one to beat Nyla Rose for the. AEW's championship, uh, like the very last dynamite for the pandemic, she held the world. Did she title. ask for her release, or did she, or did they just uh, release her? I think they released because during the pandemic, a lot of them couldn't come over. So, yeah, uh, so it could have been. She goes by she goes by Blair Davenport now in WWE and NXT. Yeah, so, I forgot Roy, uh, but for the most part, you know, three names compared to a hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy Havoc is different. Uh, yeah, but, Jimmy Havoc was more fired. But uh, Gibbs and Priestley, uh, I, I wish they would have kept, say, Gibbs. Uh, Dustin Rose was training her, and they, and they really built her up when AEW first started. Uh, now she, ever since that, she retired from wrestling. And, but she seems happy with what she's doing, though. In yeah. Life, so. But out yeah, of the ones uh, you said, B. Priestley, I don't like to see what would have happened. Because B. Priestley and Jamie Hayter probably would have had a really good match. Good point. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, Roy. I was wrong. Everybody on the podcast, I was wrong. I, I, I told. Well, I guess maybe I don't know if you count Havoc just because of everything that happens. So maybe it's more being fired. Yeah, so that's what know. I was gonna say. I, I don't know like, if you uh, want to. A lot of people doesn't know this, but they. Uh, well, he was living with Kip Saban at the time, and uh, AW was gonna keep him if he would go get help, but he refused to get help. So really. That's so he could have done what Sammy Guevara did, where he went through training and then. Yeah, that that was an option because uh, I can't remember what all he did, but uh, he had a lot of mental health issues yeah. mm-hmm. at the time when everything was going on. They offered uh, kind of like uh, there was a few other people, uh, Moxley, like the same people that they sent Moxley yeah. and Guevara. It was the same option for Havoc, and he, uh, I guess, either didn't go through, we didn't want to do it, or whatever. So yeah. Havoc, yeah. Havoc pulled Havoc, Havoc pulled a Joey Ryan, man. I like Jimmy Havoc. Him, I really I really like Joey Jimmy Ryan. Him, him and him and Joey Ryan just with stuff they did just tainted yeah. everything. And mm-hmm. it's like they, they pretty much put a, a dark stain on their opportunities with bigger promotions, you know, and that's why I feel the same way with uh Blanchard with Tessa. Because she's such a talented wrestler, but because of her actions and stuff like that, she's like almost blacklisted from a lot of major promotions. Which is weird because, like, could you imagine her in WWE or AEW? She'd be one of the next big world champions. 
For sure. So what really, because we'll get back on topic here with the Brock Lesnar and um, Undertaker side, but why, what happened to cause her to get that blacklist? I know she, she held on to the impact world championship. So what it was, was there's allegations and these are allegations. It's not coming from me. These are just what I've read allegations of backstage issues with her, um, uh, inappropriate remarks and being pretty much just mean backstage to some of the female wrestlers and, and racial comments were made towards certain wrestlers, um, a certain wrestler in, in general. Um, so, um, it kind of put her on a bad taste and that's why impact released her. Um, I think right now though, she's starting to go through a little bit of a change, which I hope works for her because I'd like to see her fix her steps and actually get into a yeah. big promotion because she deserves it. She's a very talented yeah. rest. I mean, she's totally Blanchard's daughter, yeah, you know, she's the stepdaughter of uh Magnum TA. Like it's, she's, she's really? got wrestling in her blood. Yeah. So her mom what? married Magnum TA. So Magnum TA is actually her stepdad. Oh, wow. Whoa. I, uh, that's, that's crazy. I remember the day that this all happened. Uh, it was the day. It's kind of funny that, that that it all it all came out the day that she won the world title. So it's kind of I feel like it was on a purpose that they everyone did it. It was out because it was her. Like that's the day she beat uh, Sammy Callahan for okay. the uh, Impact World. It, it was just you know a lot of other people in, in Impact uh, defended her like Moose, a uh, few other people. But uh, the, the reason she got fired or released or whatever you want to call it is uh, she basically held the world title hostage. Uh, she was, she was charging Impact $250,000 just to send the belt back. Uh, <laughs> it was during the pandemic and they couldn't travel, but it was a lot of other stuff. But yeah, well, I like Tessa Blanchard, but uh, I don't know her personally, so I'm, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, I was kind of, th- you know, kind of now we're going, let's get back on track with uh, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. So, thank you guys uh, for. Um, having actually, that was actually a pretty fun discussion. We just had, we have a discussion mm-hmm. inside the main discussion. It's always, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, with Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind, and I hope this becomes the thumbnail for the video, is the the guy that's sitting front row just going, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> like that's, he is <laughs> like sometimes that's. He may be bigger than the match itself. I don't know. He might be up there with them. Like I would say yes because think about it. He is. He, it, it's it's so crazy how much of a meme he became. Him and oh, Miz girl. Him and the sad oh, Miz girl are like the best like reactions to wrestling. Where it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like you know it was good heat or it's a good surprise when that happened. I think that was like the last big surprise with any wrestling promotion. And I'm actually I'm pretty sure at one point I did see that. O face reaction guy at an AEW show. <laughs> nice. Wow. I'm pretty sure when they were show, they were in certain because when did what that was in 30 was in New Orleans, right? Yeah. AEW had a, a dynamite in New Orleans, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. when the camera panned, when the camera panned, I saw him in the crowd on the dynamite. And I can't remember what show it was, dynamite that they were in New Orleans. But I saw him, I was like, isn't that the the guy who made the O face at the Taker match. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Connor. Oh, no, 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 you can go. 
I, I just remember I, I used to love watching the the Edge and Christian show on the WWE Network. Yes. Only nine ninety nine, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and I remember they brought him on to do like a interview, and he was just like the whole time. <laughs> that's you know, great. You know, that's how Jim Cornette got his his shirt because that. Uh, really. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, yeah like I think looking at it now, like as we start to kind of wind down here, but looking at the careers, because Undertaker has brought off into the sunset. You know, he only he had a few good matches left. You know, I loved his boneyard match with AJ Styles, and I feel like mm-hmm. that was a good way to send him off. You know, he kind of raised the Saudi know, Arabia still- match. I'm still I'm still a little iffy on that boneyard match as much as I loved it. I, I still don't feel it was a good send-off for the taker. You know, like I being in front of a crowd yes. last match is what it needed to be. Um that yeah, is why it was funny. That. that is why it was funny that leading up to Cody's return, everybody's saying, like, hey, who's coming, who's coming to be Seth's opponent? Gave LaGreca and busted open. It's gotta be the Undertaker. I love the Undertaker. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave LaGreca on Busted Open loves the Undertaker. Loves that is an understatement. You know, so, Very understatement. I mean, yeah. So, but yeah, I, that Boneyard match, I just didn't feel like. Just it wasn't. It wasn't the last match, man. It has to be in front of a crowd. I remember. Know, and, I remember AJ. Well, is it a documentary? Something Undertaker and AJ said that they wished it was an actual match, not a cinematic match. Yeah. I wish I could have actually gotten the ring and worked together. Because yeah. uh, AJ Styles, like, I seen him when he was a nobody in a little town of Bolivar, Tennessee. About 20 people there to go to WrestleMania and wrestling Undertaker. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that is true, you know. And, I'll, you know, I think that could have been – his last big match because AJ is a very safe worker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could have literally, you know, but fortunately due to the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if it wasn't for the pandemic, maybe we would have gotten an actual one-on-one match with the two, you know, um, Jason Miller says Undertaker has to come back for one more match. I I don't know. Like, I feel like there's I feel like maybe he deserves a break and deserves a rest. And I think there is one match that, we may never get this one. Undertaker versus yeah. Sting. That could have been the biggest draw. That's the one match they. Why do you have to do Triple H and Sting? Like that, like that was a good match. Because that was the last nail in but, WCW's coffin. But golly, mm-hmm. Sting was finally done with TNA. He finally made the jump. He, I thought he was really the number one WCW guy never to go to mm-hmm. WWE. And they had the opportunity. Oh no, Seth Rollins had to end his career. Well, luckily, AEW exists, existed and his career did not end that way. I'm glad it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine all the but now, unfortunately, we're getting down to it. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. it's reality. But he, at least we're getting the send off that we wanted to see in WWE. Yeah. 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 Instead of just a buck of a bomb. Yeah. You know, which I always love when people complain how unsafe w- the AEW is, but I'm like, well. It actually abandoned that move. That's true, mm-hmm. but think about yeah. it. We think about it. Looking at Seth Rollins, what he did to, of course, Sting, 
You also have Big E getting his neck broken, but you guys forget about those moments. But when AEW has one wrestler that gets barely hurt, <laughs> like the thing is, it's going to happen. It's not ballet. No. Wrestling right. well, ballet. Well, ballet is pretty tough. Well, yeah, no, ballet is tough. I give those women a lot of credit. But it's not ballet. No, I wish we could have seen Undertaker versus like people. Like when people say wrestling's fake, irritates me because I, I like I I, like I invite them. Like when I was training, say, "Hey, come on down, uh, take a few bumps." You know, (laughs) you can see how it. One name. Welcome to come by. (laughs) More than welcome to come by. You know, it's it's just ballet, right? It's the one name, Schultz. Remember that name when you say wrestling's fake, Schultz. <laughs> you know what could have been, but you know what match also wish we could have seen? Brock Lesnar versus Taz. Oh, yeah, the two suplex like masters, or um, yeah, yes. German suplex masters. Heck yeah. Like, if you want to talk about, you know, missed opportunities, I don't think they yeah. ever went up against each other. So didn't Taz retire by then? Oh, yeah. was coming in, or was mm-hmm. Taz was long gone. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. Uh, he was in commentary. He came back for a little, like a few matches, but he was basically just full on commentary at that point. He it was crazy. But, anyway. He, he got did out, come like, out with Brocko's catchphrase. Here comes the pain. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. least, but he was a big push behind Brock Lesnar, though. Yeah. Was, him and Heyman were the two that stood up for him when they were trying to make him be a Russian. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid thanks Vince that well the thing is it wasn't even Vince's call it was like like the older guys that were like 70s era they were Probably. still holding up on the Iron Sheik and Koloff <laughs> those were the guys that were pissed Probably off Michael about Hay. the oh, yeah, yeah. Michael it. Hayes or Pat Patterson or Joe <laughs> uh, Briscoe yeah. see that's what I wish they would have. I wish Paul Heyman would have said like who it was because I'm curious to who that was that called him Russian. And it's probably any of those names we just said. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. it's probably all of them holding on to the glory days, you know. Yeah, it's the same guys that were mad about the curtain call. It could have been Sergeant Slaughter because wasn't he uh, in that thing? Oh, thank yeah, he was. He was in there too, but I didn't think he was a producer backstage. I don't know what he was. I knew he was something. Was he just a manager uh, at the time? Yeah, because I remember on some old stuff that he would just come out like, like the break fight stuff and fans would chant Sergeant Slaughter. And... But yeah, uh, it's I bet it was Michael Hayes, if anyone. Probably. <laughs> really... yeah, probably. You know, if you think about it too, really both those guys ha- are, you know, think about it, they both had some interesting ideas for gimmicks. Because think about it, The Undertaker on paper should never have worked, right? Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar could have been a Russian. He, like I said, Brock Lesnar and Undertaker literally took what they had. They stuck to what they knew. They stood up for themselves and probably had two of the biggest wrestling careers in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I don't know what company it is. I mean, Brock, I mean, Taker's already in there, but Brock is definitely, once he's done, is a shoe in for Hall of Fame. I mean, that there's no denying that. I bet it's the next five years. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say three, three. Okay, I'm gonna say three. I think I, I don't know how much longer he's gonna get. I mean, he's he comes back for this Cody thing. 
this Cody storyline might be might be it for him like full time um as far yeah. as a story. I mean, maybe he'll make appearances every now and then like The Undertaker does and then he's done. I mean, there's not well, much he can do. He's he's accomplished everything he can in his life. He's, hmm. he's been UFC heavyweight champion, he's been a co- collegiate wrestling champion, he's been a uh, heavyweight champion in the WWE. There's uh, one thing he's been he a New Japan done. pro wrestling champion. He's been he's done it all. Be in the streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one thing he hasn't done, which is come to all elite wrestling to win the AEW World Championship. No, <laughs> that's true. I don't want to see it. But I don't no, see it. that's what you're saying about Goldberg. Goldberg needs to do that. No, Goldberg needs to. I don't, to want, Gold- I don't lose, want Goldberg. Lose cleanly to Wardlow. That's what that's Goldberg, what that needs to be. Yeah, I, I respect Goldberg, but he needs to sit down, eat a sandwich, and relax. And not when the, not be main focus every week. And Brock Lesnar married Sable, so not, that's another. <laughs> That's an interesting story too. Oh really? If anyone has a story behind that, no. Go one, tell a story. Do it. Oh god. Yeah. We got. <laughs> hey, let's do it, man. It's towards the end of the show. Come on. We got, we got, we got to end on high note. But I'm gonna let you tell it because they so, asked you. So go ahead. So and tell Mark it. Marrow uh, and Sable was going out, um, and then uh, one day uh, she wasn't picking up her phone calls, and uh, well, like he was on the road with WWE, I believe. Or, or maybe not. Or w- he was on the road with WWW still one too, uh, and he uh, she went pick up her phone. She went pick up any phone calls, no uh, messages or anything. And then I believe he got a voice message, uh, a sable, and then he heard someone in the background. Uh, somehow, some way, he found out it was she was cheating on him. But uh. uh uh, Adam probably knows this story better than me, but he goes to pick her up at the airport, and uh, he, he like he like asks her like, "So who are you cheating cheating on me with?" And she's like, "Like she's like de- like denying it." And Adam needs to tell you the story because I know a little bit, but uh, but short story, uh, Sable cheated with cheated on Mark Marrow with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. No, you pretty much summed it. You summed yeah. it up perfectly. I mean, it was. I think Mark Merrill was on the road with WCW because he yeah. just left WWF, and so he was. In, and it was when Brock was starting to come up, and uh, through the OVW, and um, they were traveling with the main roster, and him and Sable kind of hooked up, and that's when Mark Merrill found out that he was cheating on him with Brock Lesnar. And he was just like, whatever, I'm done. Well, at least, it happened, at least like, there was a happy ending with Sable and Brock Lesnar. And like, I remember him, him like saying, "Who is this? I'm gonna whoop his ass." And then he finds out it's Brock Lesnar, and like, I'm good. I can find someone <laughs> else. You have her. Have a good day, Mr. Lesnar. And then I remember someone asking him, like, "Has he ever heard back from her, or him, or her, and like apology or something?" And he's like, "I don't expect a Christmas card, so I probably will never hear from them again." So. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you end ending this streak with the All Lead Zone podcast. So, if you haven't already, go back listen to our build up um, for both Brock Lesnar and Undertaker on our Dead Men Walking series. Um, this was a lot of fun, guys. Um, thank you guys so much for um, being part of this big first big project of. Uh, talking elite i'm very proud of how this one all turned out so uh thank you again to my wonderful panel connor adam zach uh you really made this series probably one of the best ones that i've that we've ever created 
for sure. At least uh, I've been a part of. So I thank all of you guys uh, for coming out for you know these wonderful episodes and giving us your time, research, and talking about both careers and the impacts of the streak ending. You know, we still, I don't think we'll ever have a huge shock moment like that again. Or something big is going to have to happen in order for that shock to be even crazier than that. So that's the way that we're going to end it. We're going to end on a high note. Um, guys, uh, final closing comments. Anything you guys want to say? Yeah, make sure you guys um, keep following us. Um, yeah. Like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, YouTube. Uh, share it with your friends. You know, rewatch all the episodes too. They're all yeah. on YouTube, but we're on Spotify. Just follow all of us. How about you, Zach? Any closing comments? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to SummerSlam this year. Really excited right. about it. Um, Brock Lesnar is going to be facing Cody Rhodes. I wish it was uh, Cody versus Roman, and yeah, but what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, no, I I I love to hate Brock Lesnar, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he 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 is a beast. He is a beast, and uh, I respect him for what he did, and I'm I'm grateful for all the entertainment he's brought over the years. Um, and yeah, thank you all for watching. Keep coming back. We're, we got some great stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm very grateful to be a part of the fam. Oh man, it's been it was it's been and awesome. We're happy to have, to have you, Zach. Of course, man. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. Anything else you want to say before we do the send off? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're uh, um, I lost my thank you, uh, Ariana. I lost my strain of thought. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, uh, uh August 2nd, the 200th episode, August 2nd, the 200th episode. <laughs> we are having a very special guest on here. We are the first African American, um, intercontinental champion. <laughs> So. Yeah, uh, yeah, August 2nd, 200th episode of Dynamite, uh, first African American champion, intercontinental champion, like uh, Lane was saying, uh, he'll be on here an hour before Dynamite, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, there's also going to be another big name coming on here pretty soon. Uh, I don't know, it could be, uh, I don't know, it uh, it's gonna be big. From what yeah, Connor was hinting at in our, in our group chat, uh, we can't say anything right now. Um, we're just waiting on it to finalize, but um, yeah. it's gonna if if we, if Connor can pull this off, this is gonna be probably the biggest night for AZ history. So make sure guys follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, not Instagram yet, but Facebook and Twitter at least to get to know what announcements we have coming. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a big one. I have a hunch on who it's gonna be, so we'll have to wait for that. I announced last night. He, he literally been announcing breaking news on here, then it making its way to the social media, like the Onman Johnson uh, stuff. Uh, but AZ Canada will be debuting July 29th. Not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, mm -hmm. AZ Canada will make its way to the All Elite Zone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a uh, pretty fun adventure uh, with that. Uh, so yeah, definitely stay tuned for AZ Canada. So um, next week's episode, I am throwing out a challenge to my panel here. And if you guys didn't hear our conversation last night, um, we are going to be doing a fantasy booking episode 
where we are going to be doing a gimmick shakeup. We are going to each give off four wrestlers slash tag team. So it could be a wrestler or it could be a tag team that need a gimmick shakeup right now. And then we all have to book all eight zones. Most talked about wrestler, Maria Shavir. We are going yeah. to talk on how we would book Maria Shavir to actually make her a threat. So that is the challenge laid down to the gentleman here so, uh, tonight. So and maybe later, depending. I remember you said last month, each per, uh, so like each of us going to have a person that we have to book? or We each get five. Five each? or so five Four each. each, and then Maria Shavir. All right. Okay. Yeah, so and that includes make... tag teams. Yep. So you can do a tag team. Yep. Yep. So that'll be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So fantasy episodes are always some of the funnest ones that we do on the show. So it's gonna be that challenge for that. And then our following week, we are going to be. It might be pre-recorded. If I have to look and see when I'm flying out for a Vegas trip. Um, so um, here in the next couple of weeks or so, we're gonna be sitting down with. Um, hopefully Mr. Jacobs, we're going to sit down with Adam, Zach, Connor. We're all going to be talking about the fall of WCW. So we're going to go controversial and decide for ourselves to see if, to see if a, basically to see if WCW should have failed or if it would be still in the air, if it wasn't for basically being sold from Ted Turner to Vince McMahon. So it's going to be a very fun, controversial episode. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It might be pre-recorded, like I said, depending on uh, my work Vegas trip that's coming up. I have to go out for this one, for this event. So, uh, good. So next Thursday is uh, the... Uh, yep, the shakeup. The, then, uh, yep. And then the following uh, is the WCW. And the following will be the WCW episode. So yeah, those are our next two weeks. Um, I've been excited for both these episodes. Last night, um, just for out of the blue, that thought would be a fun idea just because we were talking about Maria Shavir. Um, so we have a whole lot of other things coming up. Um, Adam, myself, Connor, um, and the rest of us are going to be working on a dark side of the ring theme, Talking Elite. That's going to be our next big project. We're probably going to be coming out with that hopefully in September. So it's going to be a lot of fun as well because Dark Side of the Ring has been probably one of the most intriguing parts of the wrestling fandom. So make sure you guys um, stick around for that. We have a lot of fun stuff coming. Uh, make sure you guys uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, um, tweet about, tweet us at All Elite Zone. Um, like I said, all of our socials are either on screen or following the All Elite Zone. So tweet us if you guys have ideas for the episode. Tweet us comments and uh, make sure you network out to us. It's going to be a lot of fun the next few weeks. So let's keep the community growing. You know, we have over, you know, we have over 350 subscribers right now. We're, we're at 360. So let's keep the name out there. Let's keep listeners coming back so they can enjoy the live shows or enjoy us on the go. So um, Roy, we appreciate you for watching. Um, awesome guys. I appreciate your Thanks, comment. Roy. Thank you, Roy. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Amanda. Or is it Ariana? Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate you guys. Um, so if that being said, uh, we'll see you guys next week for Talking Elite. Adam, sign us off, buddy. And good night.